To all the exhausted village. I'm, that's what I'm going to call your fans, Kyle. The exhausted village. Shout out to the exhausted educator. <laughs> this is a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're going to love the exhausted educator. <laughs> What is going on, Education Heroes? Thank you for dropping into the Exhausted Educator Show. You are super lucky that you're choosing this episode to drop into, by the way, because you're going to be blown away by our special guest. The Revolutionary Principal did an awesome live session with our Recharged Educators community, and we're going to share that with you. The gamut of emotions in this 38-minute session got us to laugh a ton. He got us to think a ton, to reflect. And I even saw some tears shed, I believe, by some community members. Really inspirational stuff. His ideas are really innovative. But you know what? I think the part about supporting students and supporting staff really resonated with our community members. Where do you get to hear it? He is awesome. Absolutely awesome. He even goes so far as to say, Teachers are like magicians, which is kind of true. When you think about it, they're doing the show. It got me thinking, you know, teachers, really, what is it that makes them great magicians? Is it possible that they have a lot of trick questions? Get it? A trick question? No. No. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, uh, not a great dad joke. My kids didn't like it either. No more dad jokes! We've got better things to do with our time than to sit around and listen to my poor dad jokes. You are going to be amazed by the revolutionary principle. Hold on to your hats. The revolutionary principle, Amon Ra, is an innovative and inspiring leader. He is really well known in California, but... He's becoming more and more well-known throughout the country in a lot of circles in education, especially with a lot of his work he's been doing with principals from coast to coast. He's from Los Angeles, specifically Compton. That's where he grew up. And then he was given an opportunity to take over and start a, a brand new school. With his incredible vision, he is really vulnerable with us about how he talks about starting up that school and how he had a lot of anxiety going through that whole startup. Then he dives into supporting students and supporting his staff and all the incredible things he's doing for them and the community and the families. It's a real holistic approach. And to be honest with you, something that needs to spread far and wide. His visions are really inspiring. He is now a best-selling author. He's a speaker all over the place. You can hear him. Uh, he's just generally a good human, and he cares about people. He cares about the community. He cares about uh, his students and his staff. I want to give you this quick information that I found today, which I thought was interesting. Live School, which is a like an online platform, they ran a survey of over a thousand educators, would be teachers, administrators, and such, 
and they found three main things that I thought was intriguing, and it kind of goes along with what he's hitting on in this episode. First, they found that behavior is the top challenge in 68% of schools. That's not surprising. To be honest with you, we've done quite a bit of deep diving on behavior on this particular podcast because of it, because we know that it's tough out there in education land. Here's another one. 99% of teachers rank their morale as low. That's high. That is just about everybody. And I could see it, I guess. I really could. And it's morale is not high. We all need a boost out there in education. And here's the last one. Over 80% of administrators say that school, their school culture is their top priority. These are things he's going to dive into. He's addressing specifically in his school. You are going to love what he has to say. I do want to tell you, if you're one of those moms out there who've contacted me before and said you love to listen to you know, our episodes in the car, this might not be one you want to do that. There's, there's a little bit of language in this particular episode. Nothing horrible over the top, but still not something you're going to want your five-year-old sitting next to you for. So, ladies and gentlemen, I can't tell you how excited I am to share this recording of a live show that he had with our Recharged Educators community. By the way, if you're new to our show and you want to join our Recharged community, it's free, completely free. We do try to do a live session with somebody inspirational every month. And between each session, our community members just try to support each other. We have some laughs, but we also are vulnerable and we share things with each other in a private community, completely free. We'd love for you to join. I love for you to take a look at this awesome episode with Aman Ra. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the revolutionary principle all about revolutionary culture. Ladies and gentlemen, we are super, super excited to have a legend in the industry, in my opinion. He's all over the place with his innovative and revolutionary ideas. Aman Ra, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Why don't you just start off uh, for the crew, for anybody who doesn't know, and just kind of tell them about your Ed journey, where you started way back in the day, you know, in Compton. We started off as playing football and rapping all the way to, to where you're at now. Yeah, no doubt. No, well, first and foremost, man, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be in community with 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 your with your community and um, for everybody here. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Uh, for me, I, I'm I'm just a kid from Compton, you guys. Like, I'm still that kid at the heart, just a kid from an inner city with a big dream of changing the world. Uh, so I started off uh, just a kid wanting to be a rapper. My rap name was Solo. Uh, I, I picked up the two things in that that black man stereotypical. You either pick up a ball or you pick up a mic to try to get up out the hood. I tried both and I failed at them. <laughs> like I was a rapper named Solo and I had it all played out. I was going to play football, get drafted to the Dallas Cowboys, buy my mom a house, and live happily ever. Wait, wait, I see your faces. Go Cowboys. Go <laughs> Cowboys. All right. Go Cowboys. Eagles right? country but here, my I, man. Did you say that again? It's an Eagles country. Eagles country here. Oh, man, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I had it played out, right? And uh, I ended up tearing my knee up. Uh, from my, I had a football scholarship, tearing my knee up. And I came, but backtrack, I came from a family of educators. 
Like my father was an educator, my mom was an educator, and I'm the youngest of six, right? I'm the youngest of six, and five of us are all in education. But growing up, I was like, yo, why are you guys teachers? You guys are not making no money. Like, it's like, well, you guys are broke. Like, I don't, I just didn't get it. I just didn't get it. I'm like, yo, you're telling me you wake up and you, all you bring home is all these sob stories of kids. You seem miserable, like, and you're broke, right? I just, it just didn't make sense to me. And I tore my knee up and I came back home and I was like, yo, I just need to find a job. And I became a teacher assistant, right? And I came, I, I became a teacher assistant. I fell in love. I read this book called The Alchemist. And then I don't know if you ever read this book called The Alchemist. The Alchemist is about the story of Santiago finding his hidden treasure in life. And I was became a teacher assistant. And I was always good in math because I, you know, I want to make a lot of money. So I was always good in math. Like, like I always wanted, to, I was always great in it. Uh, so I, I was a teacher assistant. And I started teaching math for the teacher, right? And one day I sat back not talking with my parents or anything like that. I'm talking to the teacher that I'm teaching this class. He, I'm, I'm telling him, I'm saying, yo, man, I need to figure out what I'm going to do because this $14 an hour ain't working. I'm like, yo, how much you get paid? He's like, yo, I can pay like uh, $50,000 a year. And I said, wait, you can pay $50,000 a year and I get paid fourteen, dollars but I'm doing your job. I'm teaching the kids. You're sitting back. And I say, oh, something's wrong. Let me, I saw that's when I want to go and become a teacher. Fast forward, I fell in love with just, being the igniter for students, being the igniter for kids, like making that magic moment happen. Like this, there's no price tag that you can put on, like how that light bulb goes on with, with people. Fast forward, I, I wanted to um, change the world. So I became a teacher and a principal used to call me in to deal with all the discipline problems. It was just like, yo, what is going on? You're the principal. I'm just a teacher. Like, what are you, what was going on here? So uh, that's when I realized, I said, you know what? I need to be a principal. And next thing you know, I became an assistant principal quick. Um, and then I, they, uh, the district, LAUSD, opened up a grant for writing a proposal for school. And I, then I became the youngest founding uh, principal in LAUSD history. I opened up a school uh, at 28 years old uh, and with a dream that I want to build a school I wish I had. Um, so we ended up opening up a school. I had nine months to build a school to recruit kids and everything that you see at my school came from my head. Like, it was just like, yo, want this color scheme, this. I remember, I'm gonna tell this story and I'm gonna give it back to you. Um, I'm sitting down with all the funders. I started the school with $10 million doing construction, no building, right? The building is being constructed on, no staff because the fiscal year, you couldn't onboard your staff till July 1st. I had no school and I had to, I had to really sell a product of education to a community that really didn't like public service. So anyways, fast forward, they said, I need a, we need a mascot. We need to know the mission and vision. They said, your mascot should be the Black Panthers or you know the, the, the Bears, all these things. And I sit around around these billionaires. I said, you know, our, our mascot is gonna be called the change agents. They said, what the hell is a change agent? <laughs> I said, well, you know, well, we can't put no mascot to that. I said, well, for me, language matters. If, you know, your 10-year reunion, your 20-year reunion, you always say, oh, we're going to our, you know, our Tigers reunion, Tiger Pride, Tiger Pride. Well, for kids that I serve in my community, I want them to call themselves change agents. Because if they say that enough, maybe they go out in the world and they actually do it, right? And they be a change agent. So anyways, um, I be, we end up getting a 100% graduation rate last year, which was our first graduating class. And then this year, 
we have another 100% graduating class. So we have two back-to-back 100% graduating class. And this year we have 90% of our kids, seniors, going to four-year universities. So they've been accepted to four-year universities. So that's a big, big thing for us. And then I end up writing a book called Revolutionary School Culture, becoming an Amazon bestselling author. And now I go across the country and helping districts across the country revolutionize their school culture. So I know I wasn't supposed to probably go that long. You can go as long as you want, man. You've got all the leash you need. You go wherever you want. Yeah, that's kind of like where, where we're at. And then, um, of course, uh, you know, I'm a founder of an ed tech company that, that, that brings, you know, financial literacy and opportunity to kids. But yeah, that's just a little bit of my journey through education and why I do what I do. I love the journey. I love the journey. And I've listened to you on so many, you know, so many different podcasts. And I even probably my favorite is when your dad interviewed you. I think it was like this bat, maybe this last summer or something on a yeah. panel on YouTube. I, I soaked there was like an hour and a half conversation to dive in deep with you and your dad. And, and I know your, your brother called in and yep. you know, the yep. family. I loved it. Loved it. Um, and just heard you in a variety of other places, too. And so have some of the people in our community. And, and they just love everything that you're selling as far as, you know, support for your staff and the innovative ideas you have to support support students and bringing in. You just have some fresh takes on education. And I, I honestly believe we all we all need it. It, it is vast. It is so needed. Before we dive into any of that stuff, I mean, you know, you had to start your own school. Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it, what about some of the challenges you faced, you know, in that, you know, especially the nine month period, you're trying to get things up and running. You would dive, go a little deeper on that for us. Yeah. Yo, Kyle, it takes us, it takes us, you have to be cut from a certain cloth to start a school. That, first off, you got to be cut from a certain cloth to be an educator. Right? True. <laughs> True. <laughs> hey, wait, 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 hold on. Let's, let's, let's make sure we let that, let that be transparent. Be a teacher right now in the most hectic time in public education or in education period, right? We we need to get paid minimum $100,000 just for doing what we do, right? So that's that's one thing. But to start a school, Kyle, it took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, people don't, a lot of people don't know I suffer from anxiety, like growing up. Um, and I guess that's what also helps me be a really great principal because a lot of my students suffer from anxiety and I'm able to talk to them through some of the things that they can't identify why they're feeling a certain way. Like waking up and you've you have this like tightness and you don't even know why you're just like, yo, what, what's, what is going on? Like I have this pressure inside of me of this anxiety to happen. So to give you guys context on what had to happen was the grant was accepted and I was officially hired December, 2017 school. The first day of school was August 13, 2018. I had to come up and we had to hit 125 kids, ninth and 10th grade by that mark. But here's the problem, you guys. Most, if you know anything about middle school going to high school, they already select their schools prior to December. So all the kids that I had to recruit technically already selected the schools that they want to go to. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so take in mind, we don't have a building yet at this time. So I get, I, get, I get all these materials, color scheme, logo. The district came up with saying the name of the school, because the name of the school is called University Pathways Public Service Academy. They, they, they hired us like, Upsa, you're the principal of Upsa. <laughs> Upsa, <laughs> you telling me I'm gonna go recruit kids? Hey, you want to come to Upsa? No, <laughs> it's not gonna work. So, like this first day, I'm like doing this. I said that was not in my proposal. Like that, it was the U. So I said the U, just like Miami University. So right. we, boom. So I get that, 
Then Christmas break happened. How did they break? January comes. And now I have to literally recruit kids and get them to say no to the school that they selected to come to a school that technically doesn't even exist. And we don't have a building. I don't even have an office because they're doing construction. So imagine the anxiety that you feel by yourself. Like my wife is in, in social work. She doesn't know. She's like, yo, what are you doing? Like, I'm just like mission, vision. They, like, no, there's no admin school that can prepare you for that. Right. Right. So I'm just thinking of things because luckily, you know, I'm 28 at the time. I'm still in social media. So I'm like, principal, pupusas with the principal. <laughs> Come on. I've got a pupusa lady coming here, making pupusas, like bringing food out. We got lawn chairs because we don't have no building. We like literally on grass. And I'm walking them through them. Say, yo, listen, my vision is to have a courtroom here. Having, we're going to have like law enforcement in a police academy. We're going to have a music studio. This is going to be a school that you never, never thought could happen. And looking at me like, yo, what are you doing? Like, this is an abandoned building, right? But I'm, I don't, I'm taking my cow. I don't even know how this is gonna happen. I'm just like dreaming it, right? So, fast forward, I'm just doing that. But I did pizza, pizza with the principal, pupusa with the principal, uh, chicken and waffles. Like I was doing everything that I like to eat. I was like, yo, come on, <laughs> like come on, we got, we come on out. So I'm selling them on this dream selling them on his dream. So we got nice merch. I'm giving off shirts. I'm just using even a lot of my own money because one thing about it, this, I remember I grew up in this community. I can't fail, Kyle. Like, like for me, I'm like, if I fail, I'm that guy walking around like, yeah, that's the guy in your own community. You failed to open that school. But mm. even though nobody's saying that, that's all in my own mind. Right, right. That's the paranoia of perfectionism, right? You're like, I gotta be perfect. So I'm stressing out anxiety, but I'm like, I am not going to fail. They ask me all the time, are you afraid of failure? I'm terrified. <laughs> I can't. Right. So that's like, so I'm operating in that. So take in mind, I'm doing that. I'm managing construction, recruiting kids, and I'm trying to recruit staff to a school that we don't even have a building. <laughs> so boom, I'm recruiting. I got some kind of people on my team, but they couldn't start till July 1st because I couldn't pay them. So take in mind. I'm going to schools. Like, first off, I'm like, yo, I got to be a principal raw. Like, and then I was like, oh, I got to be principal. So I'm walking around trying to recruit kids with a suit on. They're looking at me like, I don't know. So one day I read this book. Oh, I have the book right here. It's called Chop Wood, Carry Water. Chop Wood, Carry Water, somewhere right here. Um, it's about falling in love with the process of becoming great. And in the book, it talked about surrendering the outcome. Boom, I have it here. It talked about surrendering the outcome. And one day I said, I'm going to surrender the outcome and be my authentic self. And that day was the day that everything changed. I just said, I'm going to be me. I, I, you see me, I have a gold chain that says revolutionary educator because I'm a revolutionary educator. I wear my Compton hat. I have a brand say be revolutionary. I started to just be me more with my kids and, and with the community. And that's when the, na the nature of the you was really born. And kids was like, I want to go to that school. Because this is a school where everybody feels like somebody. And July 1st hit, my staff is coming on board. Now we're finally doing this. Now we have about 135 kids signed up to come to our school. But like, let me tell you guys, the building is still not done. <laughs> the building doesn't get done until August 8th. School started August 13th. Could you imagine how much stress <laughs> a principal is under? Oh, goodness. You're selling all this up to a point and you're like, yo, is the school going to be done? So 
I remember like it was, we had summer bridge and we did summer bridge for ninth graders and 10th graders coming to the school. And we did it in like those, like Kinsieta chairs, like folding white chairs with table. Cause we didn't have no desks. We had no desks. So literally kids believed in us and families believed in us that much that they would allow their kids to come and literally have class outside and like lawn chairs for vision. So boom, the school gets done. <laughs> Right. We open. And throughout this process, I meet a person who knew the captain of the, of, of the Los Angeles County Fire Department. He met me and I always tell you, get me in a room with anybody. I must let them know my vision. If you say no to me, it just means that you didn't want to work with me. But uh, you, it's not going to be because of the vision. So, boom, the, Los, the captain of the Los Angeles Fire Department said, boom, we're going to start a firefighter academy with you. I said, yes. The next thing you know, he said, hey, I know somebody that has a connection with the FBI. Boom, I get in contact, we got an FBI academy. Then I meet somebody who knows a, a professor at Southwestern Law School out here in Los Angeles, who knows another lawyer at this company called Alder Law and another lawyer at this company called Abron Law. And then boom, we start a law society. Then I write a grant to get us a whole courtroom built, right? So the courtroom was built in our school. Then I write another grant to get us a design lab with 14 3D printers, a, a partnership with Microsoft, HoloLens. So like all those things I was saying, it was like literally divine how it all came together, right? It was literally you speaking something into existence. So um, that was the journey, man. It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. It was a lot of sacrifice. Um, it wasn't easy, but it was damn worth it. Uh, if I could, it was, it was worth it. Um, like to this day, like we just had decision day yesterday for a lot of my seniors who were with me for four years. And for me as a kid from Compton, like it, it's like choking me up a little bit. Yeah, right now, special. Where it was just like, yo, if somebody told you that it wasn't possible, I'm here to tell you that it is. You know, like it was a dream manifested to have 90% of our kids accepted to four years. And that was a dream that a lot of those parents believed in me from when we had nothing, no building. So uh, that was a journey, man. That was a journey. And it was a lot of other great stories in between, but yeah. I'm sure, man, I can sit and I can sit and listen to you talk for hours. I love all of it. And I just so appreciate your vision and uh, your perseverance and the fact that, you know, trying to drive through all those internal struggles you have along the way, but trying to push through it and then just seeing something different and unique that can be really resourceful and supportive for your students. And that's kind of where I want to go next. So you have a, a very unique school doing unbelievable things. And I love the pathways ideas you have. And you, you do, you really go outside of the box and pulling in resources, whether it be people in the music industry or the LA Clippers, you, you are knocking on doors left and right. And that has to be inspiring for your kids too. But can you talk about uh, just, your way, your, your, I to say you, but your school's way of supporting your students. Yeah. We focus on the love. Like I don't try to overthink this Kyle. And I want you guys to overthink like this love conquers all. It, it really does when you, it, it, but this is, this is the biggest thing that we have found success in is in order for you to really unlock that hidden treasure for every kid. You have to have strong relationships. But I got to say this. You hear this. This is you hear this from a lot of people. Oh, you got to build relationships. 
people act like building relationships is easy. Sometimes it's hard to build relationships with a kid who may not want to build relationships with you. And that takes a lot of perseverance. That takes a lot of what I call a Q-tip strategy. We got to quit taking it personal, right? We got to understand trauma. We got to understand a lot of different components to build some relationships. But when you focus on the relationship, that's the foundation. Then when you get the relationship, the next level is the relevance. Why do you have the relationship? What's the point of me teaching you quadratic equations? What's the point of me teaching you subtraction and regrouping? A lot of times we don't uh, build the relevance to learning and relationships in that intersection between the two. So that's what we do really well at our school, right? And then the last part is like the rigor, but not just in regards of mastery, right? Because all this have to be important. Like it, relation, if relationships mean nothing if we don't get kids to master concepts, like, what's the point of having, like, you're doing all this work to build relationships, but then the kid never learns how to respect anybody. <laughs> like, right, like, right. Right. Like, you, you're doing all these great relationships, but then a kid does never learns how to decode. Like, like, so we have to make sure, like, those things are in alignment to drive student achievement. So what we found out is, like, as a, as a principal, I cascade our relationships. I cascade our environment. So what that's mean is like at our school, if you ever come to visit our school, we have something called family, right? Family is pretty much a school-wide assembly. We do that every Monday. Every Monday, our kids come in and we have family. You, but the, the important is, important thing is at another school, you could just say, oh, we have an assembly. So kids will be like, oh, we have an assembly at another school. At our school, Monday, you will hear kids go, oh, we got family today. Just that language of saying we have family, what do you do with family? Typically, you love family, right? Mm-hmm. There's some family we want to throw away back away, right? <laughs> but, but, but most times you hear like, hey, we're going to family. So family is a 30-minute assembly where we bring all of our uh, kids together and we inspire them to be great. We inspire them to dream. We inspire them to also share their dreams and try to help each other with their dreams. So much of the time you will hear all the gurus, don't share your dream. Don't talk about your dream. You keep it in yourself. No, talk about your dream. But ask your friend, how can you support me on that dream? We teach them that, right? Then, so we have that family. But then Monday through Friday, Kyle, we have something that's called kinship. You, at another school, they call this advisory. They call it a homeroom. It's so boring. It's so dull. Everybody have just, I've never met somebody say that they have great memories of their homeroom. They're like, yeah, we just do nothing. That's where we go to you know, smoke pot or whatever, whatever the case may be, right? Like, it's just, right. it's just like, yo, homeroom is always just like, it's just crazy. So for us, we took, and homeroom typically is at the beginning of the day. So we made our homeroom an hour and we put it after lunch and we called it kinship. Kinship is our incentivized learning, exploration, self-actualization period where kids find their dreams and they present on their learning, right? It's where we build relationships. It's where they go and learn about music production. It's where they go and explore what they want. Boom, building relationships. So you see, we have family, then boom, we have kinship. Then after that, we have what's called a house system. If you're familiar with Harry Potter, right? Like the, the battle of Hogwarts, right? Or if you're familiar with Ron Clark Academy, different things like that, 
we have a culturally responsive or culturally relevant health system. In our areas, our kids were really inspired by courage. They out will tell me, I'll take it back. It was four things we wanted to inspire them to have courage, to advocate for themselves, to be motivated, and to be loving to each other, friendship. So those are the four houses. But then it was like, yo, how can we sell this to kids where we come from? So the House of Courage became the House of Kaepernick. No matter if you like them or if you dislike them, right? The kids felt like he stood for courage. Then for advocacy, we have the House of AOC. That was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No matter if you like her, dislike her. Some things is crazy, some things, whatever. They felt that she represented before she was like someone who advocates. Then for friendship, uh, it wasn't Barack Obama, it was Michelle Obama. No matter if you like her or dislike her, right? They felt that she shared love and friendship. And then the last one was motivation. In our area, that was Nipsey Hussle. In South Central LA, the, the rapper Nipsey Hussle was somebody that the kids connected with. So we call that the House of Hustle. Each house have their own color and we gamify education. Each house have to compete for GPA, attendance, grades, civic responsibility. And it and it and it built a culture on our campus that just is loving. Um, so boom, now we have the health system. And then no matter how well you do a culture, you still have 5% of kids who need more love. They just have, they need a little bit more rather than be because it's, their house is, situation is not there. They have an IEP or whatever the case may be. Then we have what's called a VIP system. Very important pupil, right? You're a VIP. So we have VIP meetings to add more supports for those students. And if you add, if you see how that is like a reverse triangle from our family all the way down, boom, that is a culture of excellence that you can create. That's a universal practice. If you build that in your classroom or in your school, you will have a recipe for a good culture. Uh, it's great. It is absolutely great, man. I, I love your, I love your, your ideas and, and, I'm tailor making it for all your students. It, it, it's just, you know, sitting from the other side of the country, just listening and, and to all the content you put out it just feels like you are just creating something special for your, your students, for the people, your community in general. It's amazing. It's really, it's really inspiring to be honest with you. Thank so you. I know you talk, touched on relationships and obviously the importance of relationships can't be understated, but like you said, it's, it's with a lot of kids, you got to dig deeper. You just got to go deeper um, if you're going to make a, a, a big time impact with them. And I know that that's kind of your take on your staff as well. And a matter of fact, I, I remember hearing something that stuck with me probably way back at the beginning of the pandemic on one of the podcasts. It was, you know, something along the lines of you were there to serve them, your staff. And I love that. So you talk just a minute about, you know, what you do to try to support your staff. And I know this will resonate well with our with our audience listening with us tonight, because I know um, some of these people just heart, big time hearted people do anything and everything for kids that they can. And uh, I know that they're, they're riding the struggle bus too, because they're trying to, trying to work through the challenges of education in whatever form that comes. But uh, I imagine having somebody as supportive as you for your staff just makes that a bit easier and probably pushes you through the, the challenges. Yeah. Listen, I'm listening guys. Like it's just, I, I, I work with principals across the country, right? And, yo, it's so much people, they just overthink it. This is not rocket science. When, what makes schools special are teachers. Teachers and the support staff, they make the school special. They're, like, it, 
in my book, I write about this. Imagine like, you know how you're going to, uh, let's say it's a, it's a magic show, right? It's a show. Boom. You want to make sure you have the lights. You want to have the camera. You want to have like, make sure that the, it's the aroma, all these different things. You're setting the stage. But the person that's doing the magic is the teachers. They're making the magic happen. So for me as the principal, I'm just setting the stage. I'm making sure that you have everything that you need. I don't, my, my teachers, I always say this, my teachers don't, don't serve me, I serve them. Because as a principal, if I'm serving them, what happens? They are able to serve young people. And if they're able to serve young people correctly, we get the data that we need. We get the data and student achievement that we need. It comes back to look good on me anyways. So my whole thing is, it's called the micro unit of change. If we pour love into teachers, teachers will then pour love into students and students will pour love into themselves and into the community. So I always think about this as I, as I work with leaders of, how do you love your staff? Do you tell your staff you love them? You know what I mean? Like, do you, do you tell yourself like, hey, I love you guys. And you can love them and still, you know, know that some people got to get off the bus. That's fine. Right? Like, that's fine. You could, you could still show and express that love. But if you don't, that means that you have an organizational culture that is absent of love, right? I, I was asking one principal the other day, I said, when was the last time you like laughed or smiled with your, with your staff? Well, she looked at me like I, I, I told her something crazy. She's like, <laughs> laughing. Like she had to be, and, and no lie, months later, the same principal said that she lost herself in this process. Because she became, you know, it's like you be, you become Principal Williams, hmm. like like versus like, hey, I'm a human. I make mistakes. I think the biggest thing that principals and school leaders don't do is they're not transparent. They try to act like they know it all. <laughs> try to act like they got a big ego. Don't get me wrong. Listen, being a principal, you're gonna have an ego, right? Like that's that comes with it. But you need to learn how to check your ego. Right. And you need to also understand, like, the, the art of taking an L, like the, the ability for me to stand up in front of my staff and say, I messed up, y'all. I shouldn't have did that. I'm going to own that and I'm going to make it up to you guys. Yo, that's a that's huge. I, I tell you, actually, ask, ask a principal, when the last time you stood up in your staff and you say, yo, I messed up. I ain't had this organized good enough. And I go and I talk with principals all the time. They be like, yo, my school is messing up. You know who problem it is? That's your problem. That's the, that's the, print. that's you, you over here trying to blame the teachers. No, you're the problem. You're not, you're not cultivating the best. You're not cultivating organized. So that's, that's what I say. You know, that's what I say. I love it. And, and I know that that resonates well with um, a lot of people in our community, but just in general, how could it not? Right. It just, it, it's about being a reasonable person. <laughs> Just be a reasonable person. Understand the people who are doing the hard work in your school. Support them in whatever way you can, and you're going to get better benefits. You're just going to get better performance from everybody. It just makes sense. I love what you say about the just people just overthink it sometimes. And so much of what you say is um, very, very detailed, very well thought out, but also oddly enough is is amazing and inspirational as your ideas are some of them are very simple and it just just kind of go back to a simple approach and support the people that are that are making the magic happen in your schools 
and you're going to have great results, right? So it doesn't mean it won't come without struggles, but you're going to have much better, much better results, certainly a better chance for that. Um, I want to take just a couple minutes before, you know, before you jet out. And I, I know I want to be respectful of, of uh, from one father to another. I know you've got uh, family time coming up tonight. So, so you have time to spend with your family. Um, just take a minute to, to get any questions. So if you're in, uh, in the audience, entirely up to you, I remind you, we are recording this for YouTube. So if you don't watch your, uh, if you want to, you know, just unmute and fire off a question, you can. If you'd rather just put it in the chat, you can do that, and I'll be happy to, happy to read it out on whatever you want. If you if you do choose to unmute and speak it out, you know you don't have to worry about your name being out there, but your face be on on uh, YouTube unless uh, you you turn your video off. So, I got one right here for you. How 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 does Kyle go about doing what you did in Delaware? <laughs> so Kyle, 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 you know this is what I always say. You know we have to be in community with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And we just work together. We work together and we find out what's the best for each school community. Right. Like like no one always say if you're a principal school leader, the answers are there in the community. What do what's the what do your kids like? What do your families like? And we can't just continue to think in the archaic mind that, you know, what I mean, that we have always been institutionalized to think about. Like, OK, we have to do it this way, this way, this way, this way. No, like in Delaware, it may be dope that we have some like, like introduction to ice skating, snowboarding. Like, let's bring this. Like, like, why aren't we like teaching, like bringing active exposure to kids? But one thing I'm big about is tech, right? How do we involve tech in all aspects? Like what's missing in many schools is a culture of technology, right? Like these are universal practices, right? So, you know, working together, uh, uh, bonding with each other and talking about, okay, how do we solve some of these macro problems with practical solutions with a village of educators? And I think that's the, that's where the magic happens because this work is hard, but it's better when you go through it with people that you guys are all collectively to go through the struggle together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I hear like you. Me and my wife, like me and my, my wife and I, yo, we had some hard time, but we going to listen, we going through it together. Right. And we're going to love it together. Like if the lights turn off, God forbid, don't let the lights turn off. Now. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but we're going through this thing together. And that's how it should be in education. It's like, we know this work about to be hard with, oh, you got, we know this. Oh, you got that. Oh, you got that kid next year. Oh, man. I had their sister. You, you in for it. But you know what? When you have a good bond, it's like, hey, we can still get through this together. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. That is 100% spot on, too. Uh, here's here's another one for you. So what do you feel is uh, your most important contribution to the daily operations of your school? Yeah, I would say being able to inspire people to be great. I think it's a loss. I always charge people to think about if you're a teacher, how do you inspire your students every day? How do you inspire them? It's a lost art in regard. We think, that, oh, just come to school and do what you're supposed to do. As a principal, you're supposed to just come to work and do what you're supposed to do. As a superintendent, you're just principals. Just go and do what you're supposed to do. Well, this is remember, this is the hardest time in American history in our school system. 18 months of a pandemic where kids, everything was locked up. Yo, it's the, the research survey say people don't even want to go back to work. They're like, yo, why, why am I? Well, and then Johnny pre-pandemic is a different Johnny after the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a different Johnny, right? 
So how do you inspire people to sometimes do things where there's a lot of harm that has taken place? So I would say for me, inspiring like staff with my choice of words, with how I deliver, like with, if you notice me, like I know like I can bring my tone up but I also know how to bring my tone down that could connect with the ethos of some of my, my, my teachers, but also it's a, it's a little secret. I'm going to tell you the secret, the ability to listen and the ability to respond, right? Like those two things go so far to be able to understand somebody in their feeling, to be able to recognize somebody in their feeling, and then to be able to respond to somebody a match. That's what I say. If that answers the question, I don't know. Yeah, and I know they're saying operations, but operationally, that helps with our operations because people now are inspired to run through a wall for me because I listen, I hear, and I respond to their concerns. Yeah, I, I agree. You, you can go go down the checklist of all the different things you got to do throughout your day, but probably nothing more important than making sure you're taking care of those people who are doing the great work, right? And inspiring them and supporting them got, has to be top of that list. I'm going to close up on this. It's not a question. It's just a comment from somebody in our audience who loves you. Uh, I don't have a question, but your words and your actions are everything I could dream to be a part of. I can create a classroom culture that embraces these things, but I find the culture always doesn't continue and it hurts. Thank you for truly getting it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And like, that's, that's why I always say that this work is hard. It's extremely hard. It's even harder when you feel like you're by yourself, mm-hmm. right? When you feel like you're by yourself, oh my goodness! It's like you, it's like you, and you start to ask yourself, "Why am I fighting this battle? Why am I continuing to fight this battle by myself?" You know, and you try to reach and say, "It's for the kids, it's for the kids," but then, you know, it's just so hard before you're you're burned out, you're exhausted, and you're like, mm, "I don't know." And that's what that's that's what I that's been my mission is try to save as many. And, and again, that goes to, that goes to leadership. Just like, think about it. Just like as a teacher, when I was a teacher, I used to say good morning to my kids as they walked in the door. It's not just to say good morning, but that good morning, it's a welfare check too. I know Monday, I know consistently that kid always walks up with a chest, chest high, chin up, all type of thing. But then Thursday, he's coming in and it's kind of like, oh man, let me try to see, let me try to give him a little bit more energy. Because I feel like if I can get a smile out of you, I'm, I got you, Right. But it's the same thing with my staff, like like uh, Alexandria. Is that Alexandria? Like she's so used to she's perked up all the time. And then on a Thursday, you know, she, she's not doing her normal call and response. I'm like, hey, yo, 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 you go home for the day. Go relax. Don't worry about that. We got you. I'm going to take care of your class for the day. Don't don't trip about that. You know what I mean? Like all I need is make sure you go get that. I don't know who you got today, but go get that other person back. <laughs> like, go get that. Back. What are we? How are we gonna get that? You need to go hiking. Go, go hike. Go hike. Cause I don't. What, what, oh, cool. Go, go do something to make sure that you well, right? And if I gotta sit up in here with your class, so be it. And there ain't no judgment. But the problem is, you got a lot of principals that don't even know how to teach. They got into principalship because they want to get away from kids. So you know, I say that to say is, you know, it, it is hurtful. I'm sorry that it's been the hardest time. But trust and believe, stay encouraged, stay encouraged. I'm on a mission to like put my neck on some of these principles, put my foot on their neck and say, yo, get it right. Get it right. What are you doing? Uh, Good for you, man. Good for you. And you know what? Um, Just just love. Absolutely love your vision and uh, your honesty 
And just know you've got, we're coming from Delaware, not that everybody on the board here is from Delaware, but in general on the East Coast, you got some fans out here, you know, all the way across the country. We, we hear your mission, we hear your vision, and we would love to, to replicate it somehow, some way, because we need to spread your, um, your ideas much further than, than Los Angeles. And I know you're working on that right now. You're, you're uh, all over the place. So truly appreciate everything you're doing for your school and your community and beyond. And uh, the people in the chat right now are telling you how much they love you, man. So thank you so much for a few minutes of your time. So appreciate it. And uh, good luck with everything you've got uh, going on at your school and beyond. Yeah, no doubt. Just thank you guys for having me. You know, I'm a, I'm a DM. I'm a call away to support. Um, I do a lot of work in the DOE in New York, New Jersey, supporting uh, schools. So if you guys need support in regards to replication, bringing culture, uh, I'm a phone call away. Uh, to be out there to support um, as as a as an executive coach, leader, supporting, just bringing the best practices to schools and communities. So um, if if you guys need that, man, I'm here. I'm here for you. All right. We need it. And I love it. And I'll see what I can do to get you to Delaware, man. Appreciate it. No problem. You guys have a great one. Thanks so much. All right. Wow. Just wow. Wow. Does he bring it or what? Like, he is so loaded with good stuff, it's ridiculous. I can sit and listen to him talk for hours. Easily. I have, actually. I've listened to a lot of the things that he's been putting out content-wise. Isn't it time for some of these changes? Don't you think? Think about everything we've gone through over the last couple years and what we've learned and we've learned right now that it's pretty daggone tough out there in education land. Don't you think you would be able to work in an environment that he's promoting something like that where we're celebrating everybody, we're supporting everybody? Don't you think the students would be jacked up about learning in that kind of environment? Now I get it. Nothing is ever perfect. Nothing will ever be perfect and every school is different. But he is doing this in a school system where he's working with inner city kids. Many of them, they, they need some extra support. They need some extra love. I can't tell you how much I appreciate his message. I would ask you to do this. Share this. Not for me, but because others need this. I had somebody in our community tell me after the show that I want to share this with, with a new principal. And I thought, that's a great idea. They need to hear it. This message needs to get out to more. He's doing his part. And he's traveling around the country as much as he can. As someone who's a principal of a high school and a father, he's still trying to find time to do other things to support his vision. But it's time, people. It's time for us as educators, to start looking at other opportunities that will change the course of education so that you enjoy your job more, so that kids enjoy school more, and in the end, when you're enjoying something, you're more willing to bring your best every day. I think that's what he's getting at. It's not 
rocket science. It's simple, but it makes sense. Thank you so much for dropping into this episode. I love that interview. I'm sure you did too. Do me a favor. If if you're new to the show, pass this on to somebody else. You could also rate, you know, subscribe, review, all those kinds of things. Podcasters always tell you, just pass this on to somebody else. And if you're not part of our Recharged Educator community, it's free. You could just join and just sit there and watch what everybody does and, and read some of the good content rolling through there if you want. You don't, it's, there's no catch at all. We just want to bring good people together to support each other. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for joining us. And I hope, I hope you get a couple takeaways from that interview. As always, take care of yourself so you can take care of them. Have a good one. We'll see you again soon. Party time. It's like, sirens are going off in my head. We're going to try to just not be horrible. I'm watching you, exhausting entertainers. Always watching. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his music in our intro outro, and also the music used in our interviews. You can find his information in the show notes below.